Grace, mercy, and peace to you from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. As a church, we are in the second week of Advent. That means that we are in a season waiting for our Savior, Christ Jesus, to return. And as we wait, we prepare. We prepare ourselves and we reflect on our own sinful condition. As part of that, today, I'd like to direct your attention to a particular feeling that you may have in your heart, a feeling that can slowly creep into your life, a feeling that constantly gnaws away at your heart and can create division between you and others. If left unchecked, this feeling can consume you and can bring great misery. I'm talking about the feeling of bitterness. But before we look at the Old Testament and what it has to teach us about bitterness, I'd like to share with you the story of Joe Lewis. If you don't know who Joe Lewis is, He's widely regarded as the greatest boxer of all time. He has reigned for 12 years as the heavyweight champion between the 1930s and the 1940s. This is the single longest reign of any particular boxer, regardless of weight class. He was a boxing legend. And yet, he wasn't just a boxing legend. He was also an American hero. He enlisted in the Army and served in the American forces during World War II. He also supported the Army and the Navy, both with his boxing career as well as financially supporting each of them. When you think of Joe Lewis, you think of someone who is strong, someone who is powerful, someone who is famous. You'd expect that he had it all. But the reality was quite different. You see, being a black American in the 1900s, he frequently found himself facing racism. On top of all of that, and despite the handsome paychecks that he received for his boxing career, he was broke. Early war years, in the early war years, Joe donated a significant amount of the money that he earned in his boxing career. And yet, due to the complex tax situation during the war years, taxes for the highest tax bracket were up to 94%. You think you had it bad. For Joe, when he paid his money as a gift to the Army and to the Navy, that money was not tax-exempt as he expected it to be. This quickly led him into debt, and by the 1960s, that debt reached $1 million, much more now than it would have been back then. After being many years in debt, 
being mistreated by the government, though he served in so many various ways, he began to feel mistreated, unappreciated, and even bitter. No doubt there has been times in your life when you feel like Joe Lewis. You feel wronged, mistreated, even bitter in your heart. And to be fair, there's all sorts of reasons for you to feel bitter. From a societal level, if you look around, there's this complex war between anger and sadness in your heart when you look at the news. That is, when you hear about the war raging in Israel, when you learn about all the innocent lives who are affected by the war, it can lead you to bitterness. When you look in America and you see all the school shootings that take place, and when you look at the government and the decisions that it makes where it seems like we as a nation continue to spiral downwards, it can lead you to bitterness. On a more personal level, perhaps you are bitter because things at work don't seem like they should be. Your performance isn't where it should be or where you'd like it to be. As you enter into the job that you just acquired, maybe it isn't the dream job that you had hoped for. Perhaps after spending years at the company, you haven't received that raise that you expected to yet. In each of these situations, you may be led to bitterness. When you come home, perhaps your home is full of disputes and grumbling, and it isn't the home that you had in mind when you grew up. As a result, you find yourself easily angered by small things that shouldn't anger you, and you see and find yourself creating walls between yourself and others. You find yourself being placed in isolation. If from a societal level or a personal level you aren't bitter, perhaps you're bitter at another level, a spiritual level. Perhaps you have bitterness towards God. If you look at your life, perhaps there is a tragedy that happened in your own life that leaves you with questions of why and how. Tragedies that I don't have to name, you know them. Tragedies that you find your mind playing on repeat over and over. You see, it's at these times when you can't help but feel as if you are walking in the shoes of Joe Lewis. You feel mistreated, wronged, left feeling bitter. In our Old Testament reading today, we learn about Naomi. Naomi was the Joe Lewis of Israel. She felt wronged by God. It's hard to grasp all that she must have been feeling. For on the one hand, she lost a spouse. That in and of itself is unnatural. When God created Adam and Eve, he meant for man and woman to come together to becoming one flesh. In the broken, sinful world that we live in, when one dies, it's hard to imagine what half of a flesh dead looks like. 
See, there's, one cannot go on except going on living in pain. If losing a spouse is unnatural, how much more unnatural is it to lose a son or a daughter? See, that isn't how it's supposed to work. Parents aren't supposed to bury their children. Children are supposed to bury their parents. Naomi felt bitter. All she was left with was her two daughter-in-laws, one of which was Ruth. Going back to Bethlehem, her hometown, people recognized her. She quickly responded to their calls saying, do not call me Naomi, call me Mara. Translated that as bitterness. Call me bitterness, for the Almighty has dealt very bitterly with me. I went away full, and the Lord has brought me back empty. Chapter 1, verses 20 and 21. Naomi was left bitter. Bitter toward her community, bitter toward God. At times when you feel like Naomi, when you feel like Joe Lewis, where do you go? You seek help from the country? Do you seek help from family or friends? Do you fall in despair and quietly let that bitterness gnaw at your heart? Joel Lewis, with his amassed debt, searched all over for help. He sought to try to pay it off himself, returning long after his prime into the ring. He coming away with a bruised and broken body, unable to continue in the ring, then resorted to miscellaneous other jobs, including refereeing, making guest appearances on quiz shows, and serving even at Caesar's Palace in Vegas. Anything that would pay out his debt. When he couldn't pay off his debt by himself, he looked to the government, the IRS, but the government was pitiless. It did not relent. It did not give him any pardon for his debt. Appealing to friends found the same thing. They found some help, some would offer some money, even a, a drug lord who saw how desperate and unfairly treated he was, gave him $50,000 to pay off a tax lien, and yet this too wasn't enough to get him out of debt. In the end, he was left in despair. He suffered from alcohol and drugs and died in bitterness at the age of 66, still in debt to his country that he served so faithfully. Naomi, too, looked for help in her bitterness. But you see, unlike Joe, her bitterness came to an end. It wasn't the government or friends that helped her out. It was Boaz, Naomi and Ruth's kinsman redeemer. He's the one who steps into the scene, and this kinsman redeemer, all unfamiliar with us, was a close relative who was responsible for buying back the estate of a relative. In this case, it was Naomi's husband. He was responsible for buying back this estate and also marrying Ruth. Not only was he a kinsman redeemer in this respect, but he was also willing and able to be that kinsman redeemer. 
You see, elsewhere in the text, we're told of other kinsmen redeemer who, after being told of the situation, find that they themselves cannot redeem Ruth and Naomi. They say, I cannot redeem it for myself, lest I impair my own inheritance. To redeem Ruth and Naomi was a financial burden. Boaz was willing to take up that burden, willing and able. Because of Boaz, Naomi's bitterness turns into great joy. We see this in verse 14 when Ruth, talking to her stepmother, says, Blessed be the Lord who has not left you this day without a redeemer. Speaking of the child that she then gives birth to, she says to Naomi, He shall be to you a restorer of life and a nourisher of your old age. You see, Naomi's bitterness turned to great joy. There's a beautiful contrast here where Naomi, who was previous told, previously described as Mara, that is, bitterness, by the community in Bethlehem, is now described by that same community as saying, a son has been born to Naomi. Not Mara anymore, but Naomi. The blessed one who has received this child. They named him Obed. He was the father of Jesse, the father of David. You see, like Naomi, you also need a redeemer. You need someone who can turn your bitterness into great joy. That redeemer is the very descendant of Ruth, which we read in our gospel today and found in the genealogy, that being the genealogy of Jesus. Jesus, seeing each of your sinful state, became your kinsman redeemer. You see, no other man, no other person in humanity could save you. No one was able to pay that cost except God alone. So God alone took on human flesh to become your kin so that he may redeem you. He bore your bitterness, suffering a bitter death on the cross, so that you, being dead in your sin, may have life by the blood of Christ. Brothers and sisters, this Advent we are reminded to put away our bitterness. Even when we feel wronged like Naomi or Joe Lewis, put away our bitter bitterness and forgive because you have been forgiven. You've been baptized into that forgiveness with water in God's name, and you continue to receive that forgiveness when you come up here and receive the Lord's Supper. Christ's own body and blood forgiven for you. Forgive the wrong of others, because Christ, your kinsman redeemer, has turned your bitterness into great joy. Amen. In the name of Jesus, amen.